Would you turn with me to three openings this evening? Three openings in the New Testament. Matthew 9, Mark 2, and Luke 5. Matthew 9, Mark 2, and Luke 5. Everybody happy tonight? We begin, I guess this is our fourth session, on healing. Title of the series is Receiving and Ministering Healing. We believe the Lord heals today. We believe it is His will for all to be healed. Amen. Sometimes people say, well, how can you believe that? Not everybody is healed. Well, how can you believe it's God's will for all to be saved? Hmm? When not all are saved. Well it is his will. Not everybody believes. Not everybody receives. But that doesn't change his will. It is his will for all to be saved. But they have something to do with it. And it is his will for all to be healed too. But we have something to do with it. Right? And so. We begin doing a study of the New Testament. Well I should say the four gospel accounts. And the ministry of Jesus. We want to see how Jesus ministered to the sick. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so we know everything Jesus said and everything he did was and is a direct revelation of the will of God for all men for all time. Right? If he ever healed anybody, then you know it's his will to heal today. Because he is the Lord, he changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever healed one person, you know it's his will to heal all. For he's no respecter of persons. Is that right? He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. Now... Let me just remind you, for those of you that haven't been with us, there are only about 19 individual cases of people being healed in the four gospel accounts. Now, it seems like more than that, because just like this, I have you, I have you holding three places, but all three of these places deal with one individual's healing. If you didn't know, you'd think it was three, but it's one. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the same healing. But one will say something the other didn't say, so we, we should read all of them to get the whole story. But of the 19, 10 of the 19, the individual's faith is specifically referred to in the text. That's saying something significant, isn't it? And of the rest, you know, numerous of those, I'll get into it as we go on, but numerous of them... You can see their faith at work. There are a couple that their faith wasn't the determining factor. We'll talk about that. But suffice it to say, most people are going to be healed on their own faith. Now, I don't say 100% because there are gifts of the Spirit. There are special manifestations. But most people are going to be healed. If they're healed, they're healed Through their faith. Their faith is the determining factor. You remember how many times Jesus told people, your faith has made you whole. 
as you believed, so be it done to you. Right? According to your faith, be it done to you. I mean, time after time, you'll see them as we go through them. Ten of the nineteen, something like this is said. So do you believe that the individual's faith is a big factor? How does faith come? It comes by hearing. Well, that's why we're doing this. Amen. I want to feed my faith on healing. I want your faith to be fed on healing. Stronger our faith is, the easier it is to receive. Stronger we are to resist. Let's pray and then we'll read. Father, we thank you for your goodness and faithfulness. What a good, good God you are. We confess that you are our healer. You are our great physician. And you heal all our diseases. Nothing's too difficult for you. We ask you for utterance tonight. Full and exact, precise, complete. Ask you for everybody for ears to hear, eyes that see, a heart that's open and receptive. Let there come revelation of truth that makes free. Let there come answers to questions. Let there come light that pushes out the darkness and confusion and healing. Your words heal. Your words are life to us. Health to all of our flesh. Medicine to all of our flesh. We say it is so with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 9, are you there? Are you believing with me? Do you have a part in this service tonight as to how good it is? Is any of it up to you? Answer is yes. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. Amen. It's not just all up to me. Some of it's up to you too. But how many know if if I do my part and you do your part, the Holy Ghost will do his part. He's faithful. Let's read this word. And when we read this word, realize that this is God talking to us and all these things apply to us. We're looking at the will of God for all people for all time because Jesus is a walking, living expression of the perfect, unchanging will of God. Matthew 9, 2. 9, 2. Behold, they brought to him, to Jesus, a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins be forgiven you. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think you evil in your hearts? For whether is easier... To say your sins be forgiven you or to say arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he says, then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up your bed, go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. That's a shouting place right there. How many believe that really happened? How does a paralyzed man? Get up and walk. Can it happen? Did it happen? Can it happen again? I'm ask you again so you can say it again. Can a paralyzed man, contrary to diagnosis and prognosis, get up and walk? 
and tote something. Did it happen? Can it happen again? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now you may not know why I do things the way I do. (laughs) Yeah, because I want to. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, there is a, a purpose. Sometimes folk think, well, he's already said that three times. Why well, say it again? It's not about you hearing with your head. It's about getting something in your heart. Yes. Amen. 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 And how can you tell that the word of God is coming alive and you're getting faith in your heart? Here's one telltale sign. You get excited. Yes. I said you'll get excited. When you sit there and go, I know that. I've heard that. I heard that when I was a little bitty girl. I've known that a long time. I know that. What does that mean? You know that. What does that mean? Not a thing. Not a thing. You know, you heard that. whoop de doo You heard it. A lot of people heard a lot of stuff and didn't do anything with it. Mm-mm. No, when it's old to you, it's not real to you. When it's real to you, you get excited about it. I'll never forget when I was first year Rama, a friend of mine from Canada and I went to healing school every day, front row. Brother Hagen was teaching there in those days. And this particular day, I'd already been to class three times. And we'd been to prayer school and we had a big Mexican lunch. <laughs> and now it's late in the afternoon. And, and you know, we got real comfortable sitting in the chair there. And Brother Hagen is teaching. Not preaching, no fast piano music or anything. He's teaching line upon line. Precept, precept. And uh, somewhere in there. Our eyes must have got heavy. We're sitting on the front row, he and I. And last time I remembered, he was up on the platform. (laughs) And all at once I hear, get excited, boys. Man, we must have come off the chair about that high. We thought, yeah, 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 excited, excited. He said, get excited, boys. He said, it's when you get excited about the Word of God. That's when it works for you. And you know it's a fact. I said, it's a fact. You show me somebody who's in faith, I'll show you somebody who's excited. 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 You show me somebody complaining, I'll show you somebody full of unbelief. Faith doesn't complain. I said, faith doesn't complain. (laughs) Faith is excited. Faith rejoices. Faith gives thanks. Amen. It's a fact. Go to Mark then. Mark 2 and 1. Mark 2, 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. 
And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. Less than a year old, we saw that here in this place already. Isn't that wonderful? Had to turn people away. Isn't that wonderful? Not that we had to turn them away, but, but that there was such a hunger for the word that so many people came and wanted to hear and see. And what did he do when this big crowd gathered around? What did he do? He preached the word unto them. Was this some of the main part of Jesus' ministry like we were talking about earlier? You know, more than one place it says that he went about all their cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and disease. Would you say that's a big part of Jesus' ministry? Teaching, preaching, healing. Hmm? See, some folk have some things mixed up, don't they? Crossed up. What should we be doing here at Faith Life Church? Teaching. Preaching. Healing. Amen. Glory. Works of Jesus. Those are the works of Jesus. Straightway many were gathered together and so much there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word to them. And they come to him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come near unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, when he what? Saw their faith. He said to the sick of the palsy, son, your sins be forgiven you. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. He said to them. Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy. Your sins be forgiven you. Or to say arise and take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy. I say to you arise and take up your bed and go your way to your house. And immediately he arose. Oh hallelujah. How many believe it happened just like that? Man was paralyzed. Laying there could not move. How long he's been that way? Couldn't move. Paralyzed. But he got up. He arose and he took up his bed and he went forth before them all. Don't you imagine he had a great big smile on his face? What do you think about his buddies up on top of the house? Reckon there was some shouting up on top of the house. <laughs> Insomuch that they were all amazed and they glorified. They did what? Glorified God. Now nothing is said about them glorifying God while a man was paralyzed. But they glorified God when he got up and walked. Hallelujah. And they said, we never saw it on this fashion. (laughs) 
And you know, later on, he said, hang around. You'll see greater things than these. Right? Glory. Glory to God. Turn now to Luke's account. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And verse 15. Luke 5, 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. They came to hear and be healed. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. He was doing what? Teaching. That there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. There were a bunch of uh, doctors of theology there. Now, doctorate of theology is not necessarily a bad thing. could be a good thing. But how many understand that thinking you know something within yourself can be a hindrance to being used of God and seeing the things of God. The Lord said, if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet, as he ought to know. And no matter how much you think you know, the world could be filled with books about what you don't know. And they all showed up at Jesus' meeting. The finest donkeys in the country were parked outside. The most learned scholars, they showed up for Jesus' meeting. Isn't that wonderful? They came to Jesus' meeting because he's having a healing meeting. And uh, they came to get healed, right? Wrong. Why did they come? To find fault. Are the scribes and Pharisees still with us today? People that want to find fault. They were primed to find fault. That's why they came. They brought their notepads and their tape recorders, so to speak. You know what I mean by that? I know they didn't have them, but they, they brought, and they're in a mindset to write down and take notes and find something that they can find fault with. You know, the healing of the man that had the withered hand. We're going to study that soon. And uh, there were scribes and Pharisees sitting around on that occasion. And they were saying, you know, to each other about that he was going to heal him. Watch him. They said to each other, watch him. He'll heal him on the Sabbath day. (laughs) Isn't that something that some of these fault finders had more faith for healing than some Christians? They expected some, not them, but somebody to get healed in the house. To them, you got sick person in the room and Jesus is in the room. Two plus two equals four. Sick man plus Jesus equals healing today. Somebody's going to get healed today. Right? And then when he called the man out, they put it. See that? See that? I told you. I told you. He's going to heal him on the Sabbath. And they thought that was the most awful thing. How ignorant can you be? And how heartless and hard-hearted that you're more concerned about your rule than somebody's pain being relieved. 
than somebody being set free from a physical problem. Amen. Yet these folk are with us today though. They're with us by the droves. They'd like to see us flop and fail. Hmm? It got back to Brother Copeland. Somebody had told another minister. said, I'd love to see him just fall on his face. Now what kind of spirit is that? You'd like to see a fellow minister fall on their face. And you know, there's some people indicated they wouldn't mind seeing us flop some. Well, take them down a notch or two. (laughs) Well, they better not hold their breath. (laughs) Waiting. Because we're going up. Amen. How many believe we're going to get bigger? Stronger? Amen. Preach faith stronger. Preach healing stronger. Preach prosperity stronger. Have more of it and see more of it. Because it's God. It's the will of God. It's what Jesus did. Amen. 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 We're not ashamed. We're not embarrassed. No, we're not ashamed of prosperity. Not ashamed of healing. We don't keep it quiet. Not ashamed of talking in tongues. Yeah, we talk in tongues. You should too. I say, well, it's not for everybody. It is for everybody. Now, we love you if you don't. Love us if we do. But it's for everybody. Just like prosperity is for everybody. Amen. Healing's for everybody. Amen. Victory's for everybody. Amen. Every Christian is supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost. Full of faith. Full of power. Full of money. Full of strength. Full of wisdom. Full of healing. Every one of us. God loves every one of us. You say, well, I'm not that way. but you can get that way. Don't despair. Now, now here's the thing. Don't feel pressured. You know, we're talking about healing. We're talking about prosperity. If you say, well, I, I hadn't been prosperous. Well, I, I've started about as broke as you could. I know about poor. I tried it for years. I didn't like it. <laughs> so if you say, well, I, you know, Brother Keith, I've had a lot of problems in my body and and, and I, I want to be healed, and, but, but I've had challenges. Look, the pressure is not on you to heal you. Okay? The pressure is not on you to make you prosperous. No pressure from us. Don't let there be any pressure on you. Some of the things that we've uh, grown into and are enjoying today, it, it, it's, it's come over decades. Did you hear me? And not to say that you couldn't learn quicker than me. I'd like to see you. Right. Amen. I'd, it'd suit me just wonderful. If you got twice what I've got in half the time. Amen. Yeah. It'd thrill me. Yeah. I'm your pastor. Yeah. That must mean we're not doing a bad job either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, it'd thrill me to see you get twice as far in half the time. Yeah. You really should. It really should make progress in some ways quicker if you can take advantage of what people, it maybe took them years to learn, but then they explained it to you and taught you in a better way. You don't have to take years to learn some things. We were just with the Hagens a while back. Brother Kenneth Hagen Sr. and Miss Aretha. And uh, they were, they were, they want to know, you know, what happened and, 
the Lord just blessed us with a nice house and some things. And and uh, he used to get up on the platform and tell about all my stuff. I mean, he'd, I'm thinking, oh, Lord. And he he wants to, he said, yeah, and Keith's got this boat too. And yeah, and Keith's got this car. And, and then he'd say, I saw him when he came up in a little pickup. And, <laughs> and he did. But we was talking about how that, you know, the Lord's blessed us so much. And how that's because what we got from them. And we're able, you know, to start at some places because of receiving the revelation, understanding that they, nobody told them, but they walked it out and learned it over decades. Got it from the Lord for themselves. Well, verse 17. Scribes and Pharisees are the Pharisees, it just says here, and doctors of the law, which is the same thing as a scribe. Sitting by, come out of every town of Galilee, taking up seats. That people with faith could have had. Yeah. Came in there with their pomp and circumstance. Expecting the best seat in the house. Brought nothing to the service. Except hindering it. Hmm? It's a fact. So people like this hinder the service. Skepticism. Unbelief. Doubt. Some years ago, a fellow was ministering, and uh, he was ministering kind of along the lines that uh, Sister Kuhlman used to minister. And uh, he would call out things, and, and the Holy Ghost was moving in the congregation. And this one fellow, his wife brought him. He wasn't even a Christian. And he was, he was just talking out loud negative things. The preacher would call out and said, you know, the Lord's healing a, such and such, a headache or something like that. And he said, ah, anybody could have a headache in here. Ah, he's just making that up. Ah, and his wife said, shut up, shh, hush. And he's just talking louder. Ah, he's just a hypnotizing them. Somebody fell out under the power. Ah, he pushed them down. Ah, this is a bunch of junk. Ah, he just, and he kept on his wife was crawling under the seat. Everybody around him is going, shh, shut up, shh, shut up. He said, I ain't going to shut up. It's just a bunch of junk. It's just a bunch of junk. It just ain't using bad language. And then all at once he said, it's on me. It's on me. It's going all over me. Oh, this is real. It's going all over me. It's going all over me. <laughs> and he was healed. Talk about the mercy of God. Oh, what a merciful God. <laughs> but some people, that's all they come for. To find fault. If you find fault, you're a judge. And if you judge, you will be judged. Dangerous thing. Even if you see something you don't think is right, if you're smart, just keep your mouth shut. And just eat the hay and leave the sticks. Right? Take, take what's good and leave what's bad. Right? And just go on and don't judge them. That's between them and the Lord. If you don't like it, you don't have to come back. Hmm? If you didn't like them, you didn't have to support them. You had to go to another one of their meetings. But why do you have to go around the country and talk bad about them? Hmm? Finding fault. Fault finder. Backstabber. Judger. These are evil, wicked things. And they'll come back on you. 
I've had people corner me and say, well, now, what do you think about that? What do you think about what he's doing on that? I just don't think that's right. What do you, what do you think about that? And I said, I don't. They said, what do you mean? I said, I don't let myself think about it. A, he's not my servant. He's the Lord's servant. That's between him and the Lord. I don't know what the Lord told him, what he didn't tell him. It's not my business to judge, judge it or critique it. Well, I know you have an opinion. No, I'm not going to let myself have an opinion. Sitting around thinking about the other man's business is how you get in trouble. Hmm? What he ought to do, what he ought not to do. That's not my business. I got a full-time job keeping up with you folks. (laughs) And other stuff that's going on. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the Lord. Glad I don't have to figure out everybody or take care. I said, Lord, that's between you and them. You fix them. You take care of them. Amen. Keep reading here. He said, they were sitting by, these scribes and Pharisees. We're having a tough time getting off the scribes and Pharisees. <laughs> well, I don't like it. Do you? <laughs> these big pompous guys sitting up here. Taking up good seats. Hmm? But somebody could have been there getting fed. Somebody could have been receiving. Somebody could have been been getting healed. Because the anointing, it says the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Them. Them implies everybody that was there, including unbelieving, fault-finding scribes and Pharisees. Yet, you'd have to add to this chapter to say one of them got healed. We have no record that any of these scribes and Pharisees got healed. And yet the power was there for them to be healed. Can the power be present for a person to be healed and them not be healed? Yeah. It's just like this. I mean, what if somebody, you know, what if you had folk come in that are not saved, not born again, and the gospel is preached? Is the power there for them to be saved? Is, is the, the gospel, the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes? And can faith come by hearing the word? Yes. Then the power would be present for them to be saved. Does that mean they're automatically saved? No. Can they doubt and reject it and turn around and go away? Yes. Yeah, they can. Well, the power can be present to heal. That doesn't mean people are automatically healed. You must receive that. You must believe and receive. Amen. So we got Jesus... Speaking the word, faith is coming and power is there. But we got a bunch of people in the room that don't want to hear it. They're biding the time. They're trying to find something that they can find fault, cause Jesus trouble with. But there were some guys on the outside. Couldn't find a place to park because of all these scribes and Pharisees taking up all the parking places. Now, if you think I'm kind of tough on the scribes and Pharisees tonight, I'm not as tough as Jesus was. Hmm? He said, you brood of snakes. How can you miss hell? He said, you scour the earth and try to make a disciple after yourself. And when you find him, you make him twice the child of hell that you are. I'm quoting Jesus. One of his whole sermons, every point was this, hypocrites. Woe to you. And he'd say about three, and he said, hypocrites. 
Woe to you. Then he'd say, hypocrite. Read it. That was his punchline. Hypocrites. He said, you're like a tomb. You painted real white on the outside, but you're full of rottenness. You're full of stink. I don't want to be full of stink, do you? <laughs> Are there scribes and Pharisees with us today? Yes, there are many, many, many. Let's don't judge anybody else. Let's see to it that we are not Amen. like this. We're not hard-hearted. We're not fault finders. We're like these guys that came in from the outside. Verse 18. They couldn't find a place to park because of all these Pharisee donkeys. But they didn't let them hold them, hold them up. They toted the man. That takes effort, doesn't it? Carried this man who was paralyzed. They had to carry him. He couldn't walk. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. They said, I'm sorry, Joe. We tried, brother. We, uh, there's, no, there's no way to get in. The ushers won't let us in. And the scribes got all the seats. <laughs> I guess it's just not the Lord's will for us today. Because we tried and we said before we left, Lord, if it's your will, make a way. And if not, shut the door and whatever's your will, let it be. And so this is obviously a closed door. And so this means this is not the will of God. So let's just be humble and accept the Lord's will and go home and say, thy will be done. Hmm? Is some of that stuff preached though? That's not Bible. I said it's not Bible. Here's something you'll find about faith. Faith is persistent. Faith. Now you, you can't have faith until you know the will of God. Faith comes from hearing the word and the word reveals to you the will of God for you. You can't have faith till you know the will of God through his word, by his spirit, by the Bible. But once you know the will of God, you need to be undaunted. You need to set your face like Flynn and say, oh no, no, no. I have heard from the Lord. Now you make sure you have before you say that. Don't you just think of something off the top of your head and then I'm going to believe for this. No, you got to hear from God in the book and by His Spirit. But once you have heard and once you got it clear, you got to make up your mind that no matter what comes, you're not quitting. You're not giving up. Nothing can deter you. Nothing can stop you. I mean the parking lot full. Them having to carry him from I don't know how far away it was. But they carried him. I don't know how hot it was. But they carried the man. They tried to get in the building. They couldn't get in. But they wouldn't quit. Everybody say they wouldn't quit. 
And so you got to make up your mind. You, you don't play with these things. You, you don't toy with these things. Well, I'll go and, and, and maybe they'll pray for me. And if it's the Lord's will, I'll be healed. And if not, then it wasn't His will. And we just don't know and whatever His will. See, all this stuff about His will in connection with things where His will has been revealed is spiritual laziness. I said it's spiritual laziness. It's trying to put it off on the Lord. Well, it's just whatever he wants. You can't put off on him the responsibility he's given to you. He's told us to not be unwise, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. We have a responsibility to find out if it's his will for us to be healed or not. We have a responsibility to find out if it's his will for us to be prosperous or not. Don't just take my word for it. Don't say, well, Brother Keith believes it. That's good enough. No. Don't just come in here if this is new to you and say, well, they believe in prosperity. That's good enough for me. That won't cut it. No, you got to get in this book. You take everything you hear me preach and you dissect it nine ways. You find scriptures for everything I said or else you don't believe it. And I don't care who told you. You find it in this book. Not just a half of scripture and somebody's interpretation on it. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. You find it. And you don't just say, well, Brother Keith said it. No, it's got to be the Lord said it. I heard from him. Amen. And then when you've heard from him, there ain't no turning back. Make up your mind. No, no. Jesus bought healing for me. He paid for it. He bore the stripes on himself. If he paid such a terrible price, I'm going to have it. If he bought it and he paid for it, and if it's his will for me to enjoy it, I'm going to enjoy it. And if you go week after week and you don't feel any better, don't let it move you. If you go time and and things challenge that, don't let it stop you. They're standing out there. Other people would have given up. You see why they're in the book? I said, do you see why in their book? A lot of folk would have went home. A lot of folk wouldn't even have come to the meeting. Because there's so many people there. Hmm? Many people wouldn't even come. People want to, I've had people ask me, well, Brother Keith, you know, I hear about all these great miracles that happen in some of the crusades in Africa and Asia and other places. And, and, and why don't we see more things like that here? Let me tell you one reason. I know about some of these meetings. The people hear about these meetings and some of them will walk for three days in 100 plus degree temps with nothing but a goatskin water bottle. Walk for three days and stand out in the sun hundreds of yards away from the platform and stand there and wait for the service to come. You think God's not going to show up for people that have that much expectation and are willing to go there? And then you got people in the States here won't drive across the block to get in a good service. Some, not you. But do you see what I'm talking about? Faith expects. That expectation causes excitement. Amen. And folks stand out there all day and sing excitement. Excitement. Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to manifest. Jesus is going to show up and heal people. Well you get a million people chanting that. All day out in the hot sun. You think God's not going to show up? Glory to God. These people, 
Do they have faith? Jesus saw their faith. How do we know they have it? They, they looked in the parking lot. They couldn't figure it out. They went to every door. They couldn't figure it out. They talked to all the ushers. They couldn't get in. And, and, and they looked and they looked and they looked and they looked and then they looked up. Yeah. Pays to look up. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, well, ain't nobody on top of the house. <laughs> and one said, you thinking what I'm thinking? He said, take him up there. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And somebody said, well, you know, this man, I've heard people even sing songs and say, well, the man didn't have faith of his own. So the four men's faith got him to Jesus. I disagree. They all had faith. It's a fact. The Bible didn't say Jesus saw the four's faith. He saw their faith. That's all of them. For one thing, a lot of folk that were paralyzed, they're not going to let you haul them up the side of a house. And them not expecting something to happen. (laughs) And then tear off a jagged hole in the roof and lower you down on a little mat. A lot of unbelieving folk would have been crying and whining. Oh, 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 oh. No, no, no. No, you can't take me up there. No, no. You'll drop me. You'll drop me. These people are never healed. I know it's humorous, but are you listening? These whiners, self-pity will keep you down and keep you bound. Fear. I've had people, you know, try to talk to them. Like, come and get in this meeting. You know, be where the anointing is. I'm talking about a certain meeting that was happening at that time. Come, come be there. And they said, oh, oh, I'm afraid though. If I, if I get out, I might have a spell. And I'm just, I just don't know. And you know what happens to people like that? They die. Now if they're saved, they go to be with Jesus. That's wonderful. It's better than being here. But robbed of years they could have had. Did you hear me? Faith is a fighter. Faith is determined. Faith is persistent. He said, Joe, ain't nobody on the house, man. I know it's kind of a stretch, but what do you think? We got to get to Jesus today. We got to get you in there. He's in there. He's in there. They say everybody that touches him gets healed. He said, I know it. I know it. Take me up there. <laughs> Did they have faith? Can you see their faith? Hauled him up there. Dragged him up on the shingles. He slipped a little bit. Ah, ah we got you. We got you, man. We got you. Now here, Bob, you and Tom, you hold him. While me and Jake make a hole. (laughs) And they literally broke up this man's roof. (laughs) Now you don't destroy somebody else's property. Unless you believe. Something's going to happen. When you get in there. You don't go to those kind of extremes. You don't go to those links. You don't go to that kind of trouble. I, I know my grandmother. Thank God she, she's in heaven now. I'm looking forward to seeing her again. But she, uh, she was a great believer in healing. That's one thing that got me started thinking this way, even as a little boy. And uh, before I was big enough to know all this, she, what did she have? 
which one was she? One time it was her hand. The other time it was, do you remember the thing she was healed of? Was it a goiter? That's right. Big goiter on her, uh, her throat, her neck. And, uh, this was many years ago, as you might understand. And they didn't have transportation like they had then. This was in the winter time. And this thing is literally choking her to death. And the doctors fear for her life. And she heard about somebody that she knew about and had faith in, man called Brother Busby. I don't know if any of you have heard of him or not. But he was coming to Meridian, Mississippi, going to have a healing meeting. Well, you know, I know that if she knew more about it, she could have believed for her healing right there in her house. But she didn't. And her faith was if she could get to Brother Busby and he could lay hands on her, she believed she'd be healed. And so she told my granddad, who wasn't a professing Christian, but he loved her. And he, if she said she believed something, he, he put stock in it too. He, you know, it's funny. He wasn't, a, for most of his life, he wasn't a Christian. Thank God at the end he did get saved. But for a lot of his life, he wasn't. But if, if his crops wasn't doing good, or if something wasn't happening good for him, he'd show up at the preacher's house with a tithe. And he'd say, how about praying for me, preacher? And he'd sow, sow that. And he, you know, he believed in those principles, even though at that time he wasn't trying to serve the Lord. And sure enough, God had bailed him out. God's merciful, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Certain friend of ours, I won't go into details, but he was actually running uh, what we call down south, jump joints and gambling. I don't know what we'd call them now, clubs. Night club, I don't know. It was a jump joint. And uh, his wife is going to church, serving the Lord. And uh, uh, she, you know, he, he was in trouble, man. He had got a bunch of debt, and he was in trouble with the wrong people. And his wife said, I think we ought to buy the preacher a new suit. He said, you ain't buying the preacher a new suit with my money. She said, I think we ought to. Well, they had a big, long, weak fight about it. Finally, he said, well, I'll, it ain't right. Taking my money and buying. He said, but if it'll get us past all this. So she bought him a suit. The next week, he got out of all his debt. Okay, he ain't even trying to live right now. He comes back to her. He says, reckon that preacher needs another suit. <laughs> He's in the ministry today. Pastoring. <laughs> my grandmother, she told my grandfather, she said, I believe if I could get to Brother Busby, I'd be healed. All they had was, what was it? Some kind of little old Ford with the little narrow wheels. out of One of the oldest ones, you know. They didn't have paved roads. It was all dirt and it was wintertime. And it was mushy and muddy and ruddy. And they loaded her up in the cold. And they took, must have took them, I don't know how long to get up there from where they were. And they carried her and she's suffering in the back, gasping for breath. Why would you do that? Why would you get out and slide off the road 90 times and fight the cold and fight the conditions? Hmm? That's evidence of what? 
faith. They got to Brother Busby's meeting. He came out, ministered to the sick. They held her up, got her in the line. She'd tell me about it when I was a little boy. She said when he came and laid hands on her, it's like they both were engulfed in a white cloud, just like that. Couldn't see anything but glory. And then she saw angels. And then the gorder was gone. Hallelujah. Was it worth the trip? Why why would a lot of folk never do anything like that? They would never have experiences like that. They'd never have healings because they would never put forth that kind of effort because they don't believe anything would happen. Do you see what we're talking about here? Faith is much more evident than people think. They tore this off. Well, you can imagine dust and sawdust and parts of shingles are falling out. Jesus is teaching in here. It'd be just like right now, teaching is going on, and here comes all this stuff coming down, and it's falling in these preachers' hair. (laughs) Scribes and Pharisees, and you know how preachers can be about their hair. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and it's on their robes, and these scribes and Pharisees, they're in an ill-file mood anyway. They're here to find fault. And these guys look down through the hole and go, Hey, Jesus, hey. It's Jesus, I see him, I see him, hey, hey. And I think Jesus was happy to see them. Wouldn't you with a room full of fault finders? Room full of doubt and unbelief. Not only did some light come through the roof, some spiritual light came in. Finally, somebody with faith. I think he's smiling, going, all right, (laughs) now we're going to have some fun. But some way or another, they tied up the corners of his little mat that he was laying on. I don't know how they did it. But they lowered him down through that hole. Can you see him? Don't you imagine he's grinning like the cat that got the canary? He's lowering him down. He's going, hey, Jesus. Read. It really happened, didn't it? Put yourself in the room there. They brought him in and they couldn't find how to get him in, but they went up on the housetop and they let him down through the tiling with his couch. Now, this wasn't a sofa like what you think about. This is some kind of little mat. Into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, Oh, thank God. He said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Amen. Well, now that's not what they came there for, though, was it? <laughs> What'd they come there for? He, he's paralyzed. He wants to be healed. So why does Jesus look at him and say, Your sins are forgiven? Numerous reasons. One of the biggest is this. One of the biggest faith destroyers is condemnation. If your heart is condemning you over a thing, it it interferes with you believing God. First John talks about, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God and before God. And whatever we ask, we receive of him. Well, what if your heart is condemning you? You don't have confidence. Your faith's not going to work. 
So he looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. No matter how you messed up, no matter what you did, your sins are forgiven. Now what does that mean? No reason to be condemned. No reason to feel guilty. No reason to to feel embarrassed or ashamed. No reason to draw back. No reason to think, I'm unworthy. I'm so unworthy. Why should the Lord heal me? That's got nothing to do with it. You're either forgiven or you're not. You're either cleansed or you're not. If you're really cleansed, if you're forgiven, there's no reason to feel ashamed. No reason to feel unworthy. Hmm? Oh, when you know your sins are forgiven, your faith can work. Now your faith can work. Nothing holding me back. Because the devil will jump on your shoulder and say, Oh, you sorry thing. You're a pitiful excuse for a Christian. Why should the Lord heal you? You've blown it so badly. You messed up. You disobeyed. You rebelled. You didn't do what he told you to do. Why in the world do you think you should be healed? Oh, he's famous for this kind of stuff. He'll ride people all night and all day and plug in their mind with this kind of stuff. And that's why Jesus looks at the man and said, look, look at me, look at me. Your sins are forgiven. Forgiven. How many believe that he believed that? How many think that man laying there on, on that mat, he believed it? So if he believed it, what happened? Like a two-ton weight. Rolled off of him. All the guilt, all the embarrassment, all the shame, all the unworthiness rolled off of him. Now his faith can work. Hallelujah. Condemnation is gone. His faith is there. Hallelujah. It's one reason the devil wants to keep you in sin. If he can keep you in sin, he can keep you faithless. If he can keep you faithless, he can keep you powerless. Keep you without miracles, without provision, without healing. We've, we've all missed it. We've all come short, sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that doesn't mean you have to feel unworthy and ashamed and embarrassed and guilty and condemned. I've had people say, well, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Amen. Don't care what you've done. You can be forgiven. You can be cleansed. And if you're clean, you're clean. Not almost clean. You're clean. Not almost forgiven. Forgiven. He's the glory and the Lifter up of my head. No more shame. No more embarrassment. Can you receive a healing? Yeah, you can. Can you come boldly to the throne of grace? And believe you receive? Can your faith work? When there's no condemnation, you can be bold. Oh, hallelujah. He said, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and Pharisees thought, uh, 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 that's it. That's it. That's what we came here for. Blasphemer. Who can forgive sins? But God, Now they didn't even say it out loud. Remember Matthew said they said within themselves. And he heard it. Does the Lord hear what goes on inside you? Yes. He, do, he does. Can you say something in your heart and him hear it just like you said it with your mouth? Yeah, there's many scriptures that, that prove that conclusively. And he, and he spoke up. And he said, why are you reasoning in your hearts about this? Because which is easier? To say, your sins be forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk? He asked a question. We need to entertain that question. You tell me, which is easier? To get your sins forgiven or to get healed? 
Hmm? Which is easier? How many have confidence that if somebody came down to the altar to give their heart to the Lord and believe they'd be saved? Every time? Would you be sure? If somebody came and said, I'm sorry, I've missed it. I've, I asked the Lord to forgive me. Would you be confident that a hundred times out of a hundred, they could be forgiven? Hmm? What about somebody being healed? Well, now, Brother Moore, that's a different deal, is it? Who said it was a different deal? It is a different deal with many people because of how they believe about it. They've been taught for years that the Lord forgives and he forgives all and they believe that. But they've been taught for years that it's not his will to heal all. And that he doesn't heal all and they believe that. And that's what makes it more difficult. A fellow that has had huge meetings out on foreign fields was saying this one time. He said, if I can get to a people before they've heard anything. If I can get to a group of people that had heard anything at all about Jesus. Nobody's told them about Paul's thorn or Job's boils or any of this. And I preach to them. And when I preach that Jesus saves, right after it I say he heals in the same breath. And if you'll come and believe, he'll forgive you and save you and heal you. They don't know any better. And they just come and get saved and healed at the same time. Because nobody told him that it was different and harder and not always his will. Oh, thank God. If we can just become convinced that it's just as easy to be healed from a problem, physical problem, as it is to be forgiven of a sin. Is it? Did Jesus differentiate? No, he demonstrated it. He said, you got a problem with this, huh? Well, which one's easier? You know, they, they're always telling him about he couldn't heal on the Sabbath day, but they never told him which day he could. As far as when, let me, well, I shouldn't say it like this. That they, they never had a healing day. Huh? When was their healing day? Oh, they could tell him when he couldn't do it, but they never did it. So he said, all right, you got a problem with me telling the man his sins are forgiven. All right, which one's easier? Tell him, get up and walk, or tell him his sins are forgiven. They're like, duh, duh, duh. They hadn't got a clue about either one. They're just fault finders. Amen. And he looks at the man. Are you ready? Yes. That you may know the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up your couch, go to your house. And immediately... He got up before them, shut their mouths, didn't it? What do they got to say now? Oh, they're getting ready to go get their donkey. And he took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Glorifying God. Healing glorifies God. Not sickness. Not disease. Deliverance glorifies God. Not sin. Now listen, sin can be an occasion for God to be glorified. Like sickness can be. When you hear somebody was terrible, terrible sin, and God brought them out and saved them, was God glorified? In what? Not in the sin, but in the deliverance. 
into salvation. So the, the sin didn't bring God glory. The sin was the occasion of God getting glory, but, but God didn't get glory in the sin. Same thing with sickness. People have questions about John 11 and 9 and some of those places. And Here's the answer. Sickness can be an occasion for God to be glorified, but sickness doesn't glorify God. Healing glorifies God. Healing, miracles, deliverance. The man got up. Oh, what do you think the guys on top of the house are doing? <laughs> Ooh, man, they're jumping and shouting. And the scribes and Pharisees are scoffing and swallowing their teeth and spitting. And, <laughs> and the man departed to his own house glorifying God. They made him away now. The ushers cleared out and... And he said, oh, glory to God, glory to God. And the bunch on top of the house are jumping up and down, probably a lot more dust falling now. They said, oh, Joe's walking, Joe's walking. Look, man, he's walking, he's walking. I told you, I told you if we'd get him to Jesus, he'd walk out of here today. Faith. Do you hear how faith sounds? How faith acts? Faith is persistent. Faith won't quit. Faith won't quit. Faith receives. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear. And they said, we have seen some strange stuff today. Not for believers, this is not strange. Is it? This should be normal for us. Just as normal as people coming and getting their sins forgiven, it should be just as normal to see people come and get healed. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.